What's up, everyone? Welcome to First Seed Fantasy. I am your co-host, Kyle Krajewski, joined by, beautiful as always, Zach Cole. Zach, how are you this week? I'm good, man. Uh, um, I, as many people probably have figured out by now, I teach school and we're just kind of chugging along to the last couple of days here. So it's it's a grind, but the the uh, light is at the end of the tunnel. So uh, we're getting through. <laughs> we're almost there. Uh, I'm, I'm rooting for you. You've got uh, just a few more, uh, pretty much just a few more days at this point. We're, we're down to what I like to call like the movie days, you know, when oh, no yeah. one's actually teaching. We're just hitting that that magic number we got to hit and we're moving along. So, yeah, it's it's going well. though. <laughs> lovely, lovely, lovely. Uh, and I can't wait for you to to be home this summer. <laughs> that just means full time into fantasy, you know. Oh, I know. I know. All right. So what we've got on the docket today, uh, we're going to chat about some situations we love. Um, just kind of guys that we're kind of eyeing up. We're starting our projections, guys that we just enjoy their situation. We haven't gotten to the full breakdown of what they're going to do this year, but just, just scanning the the roster, scanning the, the what their team build out or their structure looks like currently. Uh, things just look good, and we're just kind of excited to get their projections set up pretty much. Uh, before, but before we get into all that, we are First Seed Fantasy. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at First Seed Fantasy. Also on YouTube, First Seed Fantasy. Uh, and we are wherever you listen to your podcasts, we are most likely there for Seed Fantasy. So tune in, uh, watch, listen, however you want to consume us, uh, you can probably find it. So without further ado, let's get into these situations we love. Zach, I'll kick it over to you to, kick, to start us off. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to start us off here with with a guy that I feel like is kind of being overlooked a little bit. Um, he's He's a... A household name. Everyone knows this guy. And I think that he is being a little overlooked um, and and just kind of I don't think people are appreciating his current situation just because he's like Mr. Consistent. Every year, you know what to get from him. And it's the least bit sexy, but you know exactly what you're going to get with this guy, which is why I picked him out. And I'm talking about none other than Mr. Nicholas Chubb, the running back for the uh, Cleveland Browns. Um, and, and I think the main screaming reason why Nick Chubb is is bound to have a great season this year is because Kareem Hunt's gone. I mean, uh, that was his his counterpart. I, I think Kareem Hunt was yeah, he was better than being a backup running back. I think he would could have been better than some of the other starting running backs across the league. So I, I don't think it's any slight to say, um, you know, he was he was taking a lot of work away from Nick Chubb and not only um, not only just running the ball, but also probably catching a couple passes out of the backfield. So. Um, to see him gone is is definitely a big positive for Nick Chubb moving into this season. Um, to, outside of that, last season, I think people might have a little bit of recency bias with what happened at the end of the year because Chubb wasn't as great after Deshaun Watson came back. But you need to figure that that team was most likely trying to just establish their quarterback in his starting role. So I, I think this year it's going to be a lot more balanced a lot more um, run centric like we've seen in the past I think that the Browns are just going to be a, an improved offense across the board this year so um, you know I, I think that he's just going to be a little bit overlooked I mean he's still a, a end of the first round beginning of the second round guy but I think he really has 
definitely even has a horse in the race to finish within the top three at the running back position this year. I mean, he's never finished lower than I, I think I have here. His his first season. Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to misspeak here. Yeah, his first season, his lowest was his lowest uh, finish as a running back, and that was RB seventeen. So he was just outside the RB one range. But I mean, he's been in, in standard and PPR. Um, he's been a running back one pretty much his whole entire career. So I, I think that. Nick Chubb is being forgotten about a little bit. And I really, really do like this position that he's in this year. Yeah. Nick Chubb is going to be, as he always is a touchdown machine. Uh, Mm -hmm. He kind of removed the Kareem hunt aspect of it, who may still be signed back to the team, but I haven't seen too much influence in that Uh, kind of shows that this, this Browns team is committed to Chubb kind of being the guy uh, as he's been my pick. Or one of my guys I'm going to highlight here, uh, it's kind of an easy situation to love, but I feel like just looking at early rankings and early ADPs from just best ball and uh, around the world, um, I feel like it's just kind of lower than he should be. And that's where he's being drafted. It's just a few spots, but I feel like his potential and what he provided last year, um, I, slightly feels overlooked just because there's no there's players above him. And that is Austin Eckler. Um, it, it's easy to be like, oh, like uh, Austin Eckler could not be as good as he was last year or the years before, but I don't see that happening. Uh, last year, he, I mean, he was the RB1 last year, and he's being drafted. I mean, Fantasy Pros ADP has him as RB3. Best ball has him as the RB2, but RB2 being drafted towards the end of the first round feels kind of harsh for Austin Eckler, a guy who can be the the RB1 again. Uh, he's entering a, I would say, a better scheme uh, or better offense this coming season. Um, I mean, same players, but I think I think the coaching staff uh, took a better, a big leap forward. Um, and I think previously there were some contract questions for him, uh, cause he requested the trade, but they, mm-hmm. he just signed a contract restructure to bring in a lot of incentives with the chargers. And I mean, you don't sign a contract with a bunch of, ext- uh, a bunch of in- incentives, uh, after requesting a trade, if you don't think you're going to hit those incentives, mm-hmm. um, I think it. I, I mean, I just love Austin Eckler. I think he's going to be a fantastic player again this year and a, a better performing offense. And I just feel like mid to late first round feels harsh for a guy who could be one of the better, one of the best offensive players or fantasy players this season. Yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think people are going to, again, I use the term recency bias about Nick Chubb's end of season, but I think people are going to have that same thing when it comes to drafts with Eckler. Oh, he, he was looking for a contract. He He's unhappy there. You know, he's kind of got this, yeah. like, stench on him a little bit because he's because he was a little up in the air in a situation. But, I mean, you you said that he, he asked for that contract with the incentives in it. And this guy, I mean, he knows he's a rock star when it comes to, to fantasy. He always tweets yeah. about playing um, playing fantasy and showing up. for Yeah, he loves it. He loves performing for his fans and everything. And I think that – um, I, I think that's going to carry over into this season as well. I, I think you're right. It is a little harsh that he's being um, drafted towards the back of the first round. And we see we see guys who are a little, I don't want to say less proven, but a little more volatile like Jamar Chase or like a Tyreek Hill 
um, where you you know you pretty much know what you get week in and week out with Eckler, and that's high high volume production and a bunch of fantasy points. A bunch of fantasy points, and you can't argue with that. <laughs> All right, um, to take a look at uh, a different position here, I'm actually going to focus on wide receiver for a second. Um, and I'm going to go – I, I dug, dug a little bit down in the, in the rankings and the ADP this year, um, and I, I came to a guy who's actually outside of the top 30, outside of the top 40 at the wide receiver position, and that's Jahan Dotson, the wide receiver for the, uh, for the Washington Commanders. He is going into his second season – um, he will be walking into an offense with Sam Howell, a fellow sophomore player for these for these young commanders. Um, and, and he's a very, very, very good receiver. And I think that he is in a fantastic situation. Um, it, it almost kind of feels like he's in a situation similar. If you can think back, I don't know, maybe 2017, 2018 to when Juju was like the second guy behind uh, Antonio Brown in Pittsburgh. I, I kind of get that vibe with him and Terry McLaurin here. McLaurin's a guy that's um, obviously going to draw a lot of attention from defenses, and, and rightfully so. But McLaurin has been really, really sneaky good in the games that he's played. He missed a bunch of games this past season with, with some injury problems uh, in, in the middle of the season. I want to say it was like weeks 5 to 9 or 5 to 10, something like that. Um, but outside of that, he was absolutely phenomenal this, this past season. Every time he – essentially, he played in – I think I did the math. He did uh, played in 11 games here, and in the games he played, he averaged 12 points per game, which is – more than you can ask for for a guy that you're drafting outside of the top 40 wide receivers. I mean, this guy is a bench piece that you could essentially throw in and he could end up being your wide receiver too on the season, if not higher. So I, I really like his situation this year. And I think that um, in, in week 19, we kind of got a glimpse of him and Sam Howell together. Howell only threw the ball 19 times, but it's, it's mediocre math, but 25% of those targets went to Jahan Dotson. Um, so I think that that's something to look for, especially um, in an offense that didn't really change. It's still the same. It's still Terry. It's still Jahan. And it's still Curtis Samuel. And at the tight end position, it's still Logan Thomas. So this offense didn't really evolve at all, all outside of uh, a more dynamic quarterback coming in and Sam Howell. So I think Jahan Dotson has a very, very nice ceiling. Uh, actually, you know what? I'll say he's got a nice floor this year. I think he's got a, a good amount of production in the books for him. And I do like his ceiling. I think his ceiling is pretty high. Yeah, I I mean I'm looking at his numbers from last year and he's and I had him last year. He was incredible, a guy that I loved mm -hmm. having. Um he started off the year hot. I mean, I'm looking 18, 17.9 and then he had a stinker 3, but that 3 points had eight targets. Uh it was just a against a fantastic defense. Mm -hmm. uh, and then 13 and then he got hurt. And and then it took a while when he returned in week 10, um and 3 weeks of just kind of getting his um his snap percentage a little bit back up to where it was. Uh, but I mean, in games that he was on the field or in the snaps for over 75% of games, he was scoring uh, mid to, I mean, into the twenties, double digit points. Mm -hmm. And he was uh, a consistent player that I personally think enters a, a better offense this season. And a guy that, I mean, you said it, he's, he's pretty cheap. He's a guy with a, uh, good upside and is probably being drafted at his floor. Well, and not only that, Kyle, but there's been like a lot of proof in the past, I don't know, five to seven years of fantasy football that sophomore receivers typically go oh, yeah. through the roof in year two. They they kind of explode. So I, I think he's one of my top candidates out of last year's class. Obviously, we have Garrett Wilson. We have uh, Chris Olave, who 
spoiler alert, you might talk about a little bit later, but, um, you know, but those guys are, I, I think, bona fide superstars already. But I think Jahan could, could take that step up to that level this yeah. year in an offense that, like you said, should improve under the hands of Sam Howell. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Full agreement. Next guy I'm going to talk about is kind of another cheat code here um, in that I'm favoring a guy who is in a great position and being drafted like it. Um, but I just want to emphasize I'm on St. Brown. Uh, I feel like, I mean, there's a lot of love for this guy. Uh, he was a fantasy superstar for two consecutive seasons and kind of enters that same, uh, the same position or situation again this year. Um, he is Jared Goff's uh, by far his favorite target. He is entering his third year. Uh, and Jamison Williams, kind of his other threat for target share, is suspended for the first six games. Um, and he's being drafted as the wide receiver nine this year. And I, understandably so. It's more just like, I, I just love this player. And I feel like you're going to get the value out of him uh, almost wherever you draft him. Because he can have those ceiling 30-point <laughs> games and the consistent uh, week after week. Uh, 15 to 25 points. And that, that's what you're drafting in that position. Uh, the kind of huge boom weeks with the consistency in between. And that's what Amon Ra kind of provides and what I kind of expect him to continue to provide this season. So a, a guy in a situation that I love uh, and will continue to love, and he's on a, he's on a fantastic football team. It's almost a little odd that um, he's not being considered in the same – level as like the Tyreek Hills and the uh, uh, Devontae Adams of the league. But I mean, this yeah. guy is putting up insane numbers on, on a weekly basis. I mean, he went on a stretch. I'm looking at his points here. He went on a stretch from week 10 all the way through week 18. And re really, if you just take out week five, week seven and week nine, he was in double digits every single game last year. And I mean, that's, that's fantastic. Production. That's what you he had. He, he exploded against Washington in week two for almost 40 points. He, uh, against Jacksonville, put up 34. Like, I mean, this guy, he's just so, so good. And, I mean, he catches the ball repeatedly in games. I mean, he's a, a target hog, and Goff yeah. is still there. You mentioned Jamison Williams isn't there for six games. Uh, like, the pieces are just in place. And they didn't really do anything outside of Jameer Gibbs uh, to, to add any threat in the receiving game. I mean, it's literally – it's St. Brown. Yeah, they're bringing back – I think Josh Reynolds is back again this year. I want to just make sure I'm correct on that. I think Josh Reynolds is back. Well, they uh, signed, uh, they signed Marvin, uh, Jones. Marvin Jones, and they uh, drafted like drafted Sam Laporte to the tight end. So it's, That is it, true. There's pieces here, but they're all pieces that I don't think will eat into Amon Ra's Right, exactly. I mean, uh, Laporta might take a year or two to kind of get up to speed. We don't really see – rookie tight ends pop off. And I think Marvin Jones is probably on the back end of, of his career at this point. Um, so I, I don't, I don't see any huge threats. I think this is a great situation. Absolutely. All right. And let me jump back in here. Uh, again, I went digging, except I went digging in a different pile this time. Um, and I, I started scrolling down through the running back list and the running back ADP. And I found a guy that I think I'm going to, to start planning my early flag in here is one of, 
I, I don't want to – one of the guys I love. I don't want to call him a my guy yet, but he's one of the guys that I love, and I think I'm going to bring up over and over, and I think I'm going to draft him in a bunch of places. Yep, someone and, we're going to be hearing out of your mouth probably I, quite a bit I this think summer. that's – that's accurate, I think. And and that's Cam Akers, the running back for the Los Angeles Rams. Um, I, I think the only point that I really need to make about this guy's situation is that there's Cooper Cup and Tyler Higby and then no one else. I mean, Van Jefferson is in town. The backup running back is Kieran, Kyron Williams. Um, Tutu Atwell is there. Like, there are, there are just these pieces that aren't necessarily NFL-level pieces that are around him. And I, I just I can't see a world where he doesn't get just a huge, huge snap count this season. And so to kind of bolster that point, when he saw a high snap count last season, Kyle, do you remember at the beginning of last year? It was just like weird. They weren't playing yeah. him like yeah. he stepped away for a little while. Like it was just a weird, weird season. But then he then he came back later in the season and he started seeing more consistent snap counts. He, he got up over. Uh, I think my magic number that I pulled out was just 50% because he had one week early in the season that was at 50%. And then he had a couple weeks later in the season that were over 50%. And if he hit 50% snap count, which is not high, he, he scored over 10 fantasy points, which is, which is gold to me. And this is a guy that you're taking his current ADP is 55.5, which if I'm doing my math, right, is somewhere in about the fifth round. Um, I mean, at that, at that, that's the, the, dreaded running back dead zone you know so if you can get a guy that's going to give you 10 points at the running back position and could be your second or third running back you're going to be in business so i i really do like cam Akers this year and i last point i think you could see an increase in the receiving work as well i mentioned um kyron williams and i mentioned van jefferson there's not a lot of receiving options in in the past we've seen daryl henderson get some touches and um malcolm brown some some other names but it's really Acres and and Williams, and I think Acres is going to demand some more targets um, than than he has in the past. Yeah, Acres is an an interesting case study, especially last year. Uh, I mean, he had a a lot of weird love around him in the off season, and it just very much did not pan out in the beginning to the point that I think he like requested a trade, and they the Rams said absolutely not, we are not trading you. Uh, to the brink, point where I think he was on the brink of being cut. It was a weird scenario. It was, uh, yeah. And, and it just ended up working out at the end, uh, oddly. But, uh, I mean, he's a guy that I think, I mean, at his ADP May, I mean, we're looking at it in end of May, but his ADP currently, at least in like best ball f- formats, uh, may have upside there. And mm-hmm. I, at that point, that's what you're looking for. So you're kind of looking for the guys, the running backs, especially with with the volume, and for for some of these guys. And I think Acres is one of those guys. Uh, well, there's some production there. And what's another crazy thing too is like he's young. He's yeah. only 23 years old. I mean, I'm looking at running backs by age here, and um, like Travis Etienne is 24, who's older than. Cam Akers, um, yep. uh, some uh, Ramondre Stevenson, older than Cam Akers, Najee Harris, older than Cam Akers, DeAndre Swift, older than Cam Akers. Like he's only twenty three, and I and he doesn't have a lot of, of wear and tear on his body because he got he missed the one season with the ACL. Um, and he's, I just I can't overlook over. Uh, he seems glaring. It seems like that this is a, a he's bound to to be very successful this fantasy season. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, he's got he's got quite a bit primed for him as long as the the Rams aren't aren't bad. 
I think it's it's almost certain the Rams are going to be pretty bad, but you know what? You can still you can still run the ball for a bad team, you know. Absolutely. Oh, any given team that can have fantasy production on it. Absolutely. Look at look at Montgomery last year and the year before. I mean, the Bears yeah. haven't been good for a while, and he's still churned out some yards. So, yeah, fingers and crossed. I, and I think that's kind of the production you can kind of imagine that like steady flex level wide receiver, or I mean RB three ish range. Yeah, I was just going to say, I'm not banking on him to be my RB1. I'm not putting him up there with McCaffrey and Eckler and Derrick Henry. I mean, I think he's going to be solid, you know, but I I think he's more of a bench piece than he is a a starting running back piece. Yeah, a a solid solid target for, I, I mean, zero RB drafters. Definitely. Absolutely. Yep. All right. And then I'll wrap it up here with my final guy, my final pick. And that is Chris Olave, wide receiver for the New Orleans Saints, and uh, a guy who I think is now in a position. I mean, Zach kind of went through here and dug a little deeper than I did, uh, looking at wide receiver forty ones and RB twenty threes. But I kind of stayed stayed towards the top, and I think that's just because I really, I really like these guys. Um, so Olave, I mean, last year he was great. Um, great in a rookie year for a, a team that we didn't expect a lot of fantasy production out of. Um, let's see, last year he was the wide receiver 25 after missing two weeks, uh, one for a concussion and one for an, another injury. Um, but uh, wide receiver 25, averaging 13 points a game. Uh, now he gets an upgrade at a quarterback, quarterback with a, a – <laughs> I'd say a huge upgrade compared to the the two and a half quarterbacks he had last year between mm-hmm. Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston, and uh, half of Taysom Hill. Uh, I I think Alave is going to find a lot more consistency this season, and consistency that's going to favor him a bunch. Uh, I think he can be drafted as a guy where you you can be super comfortable with him as your. Uh, as you're starting uh, even wide receiver one. And like you mentioned before, where the, these receivers uh, break out in their second year. And I, I can see Olave taking another huge jump where he entered the league last year, had a fantastic season. Uh, but then this year it's just going to be a level up. And that's with the benefit of Derek Carr throwing and slinging in the ball. And I really do think he has the potential to have a, a top 12 wide receiver season. So being drafted in best ball formats currently as like the wide receiver 14, I think that's perfect. That is just where I want him because you're either drafting the guy ahead of him and you can slot Alave into your wide receiver two slot. You've got two fantastic potential wide receiver ones, or you can stick with him as your wide receiver one. And for me, I'd be extremely happy about that. Kyle, let me ask you, do you see Michael Thomas biting into his production at all? I do, but in an, in a way that I think it'll benefit kind of both of them, where okay. Michael Thomas steps in and not a threat, but more as a benefit of like, all right, there's somebody else to cover. We can't, they're not going to put all their best guys on Alave. Right. Where they, it's going to open up the field quite a bit for Alave, where last year, most of the weeks it was just him. 
and okay. I, I think I think Michael Thomas kind of I, I don't see him as a threat as being the wide receiver one. I see Thomas kind of being the guy and being able to be someone that the targets and, and the defense can kind of focus elsewhere on. OK, that's fair. Uh, I just wasn't sure. I mean, we got we've seen such limited time shared between the two of them. Just just crossed my mind. <laughs> yeah, I. I'm not a huge Michael Thomas fan, so I <laughs> it, it's hard for me to even expect anything. But I, I'm I'm expecting quite a bit from Olave, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of the overarching sentiments of the fi- the fantasy community. I think everyone's kind of just like over Michael Thomas at this point. I mean, if we if we see him and he plays, I mean we saw him play for what, three weeks last year and he was he was good. You know, but then yeah. An injury nags him, and he's just he's down for the count. So he's gone for the year. I don't know. I think for Derek Carr's sake, I think it would be phenomenal if both Olave and Michael Thomas played. And I think that uh, defensively, I don't know that this is going to be one of the better defenses in the league. So I think they're going to need to be throwing the ball a good amount to compete. Um, And we've seen Derek Carr rise to that occasion before. So just another kind of add on name there. I think Carr will benefit from both Olave and from Michael Thomas. Yeah, I I for sure agree, um, and that's another guy who might be very intriguing in drafts. This maybe year. we'll maybe we'll have to take a look at quarterbacks in a in a future oh. episode. Oh, we will for sure, for sure. We've got all summer long. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> all right, let's wrap it up there. That was our uh, early situations we love because these things can change yep. next week. For all we know, the Lions could go and sign DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, at, Terry McLaurin <laughs> could be traded, and for all we know, Dotson has a better situation. Uh, but just looking at it right now, end of May, we love these situations and just wanted to highlight them as we uh, jump into our projections. So with that, we are First Seed Fantasy. Thanks for tuning in. You can find us basically anywhere, social media, podcast, YouTube, you, podcasting, YouTube, uh, First Seed Fantasy. Um Give us a like, comment, subscribe, uh, a a five-star rating or a two-star if you really hate us. Um, But either way, thank you for tuning in. And Zach, I'll catch you next week. Sounds like a plan. I'll be here. Thanks for listening to the First Seed Fantasy Podcast. Till next time. Till next time.